0: chapter 19 the reappearance of his grace of andover part 2 of black moth by georgette Heyer, read FOR LIBRIVOX.ORG into the public domain the fan stopped its swaying for a moment ah said richard do you know him she inquired eagerly many years ago madam i was acquainted with him can you tell me was he in good spirits when last you saw him she pursed her lips thoughtfully if you mean was he gay was he witty yes But sometimes I thought—Mr. Carstairs, when he was silent, his eyes were so sad. Indeed, I do not know why I tell you this. You may be sure, madam, your confidence is safe with me. I had a great regard for this gentleman. He opened and shut her fan as he spoke, fidgeting with the slender sticks. You, too, were interested in him, madam? I do not think ever any one knew him and was not, sir. It was something in his manner, his personality, I cannot explain, that endeared him to one— and he once aided me when I was in difficulties. Richard, remembering scraps of gossip concerning the widow's past, merely bowed his head. She was silent for a time, staring down at her hands, but presently she looked up smiling, and took her fan away from him. "'I cannot abide a fidget, sir,' she told him, "'and I see Lord Fotheringham approaching. I am promised to him this dance.' She rose, but Richard detained her. "'Mrs. Fanshawe, will you permit me to call upon you?' "'I would hear more of—your friend. You, mayhap, think it strange, but—' "'No,' she answered, "'I do not. Certainly call upon me, sir. I lodge in Mount Street with my sister. Number sixteen. "'I protest, madam, you are too good. "'Again, no, I have told you. I like a man to talk as a man, and not as an affected woman. I shall be pleased to welcome you.' She curtsied and went away on the Viscount's arm. At the same moment a voice at Richard's elbow drawled. "'Do I see you at the vivacious widow's feet, my good Dick?' Carstairs turned to face his brother-in-law, Colonel Belmanois. "'Is not all London?' he smiled. "'Oh, no, not since the beautiful Gunnings' arrival. But I admit she is a dainty piece. And Lavinia? Will she break her heart, I wonder?' He laughed beneath his breath as he saw Richard's eyes flash. "'I trust not,' replied Carstairs. "'Are you all here tonight? "'Our illustrious head is absent, I believe.' "'Andrew is flirting with the Fletcher girl in the Blue Salon. "'I am here, and Lavinia is amusing herself with Lovelace. "'Yes, Richard, Lovelace. Be careful.' With another sneering laugh he walked on, bowing to Elizabeth Gunning, who passed by on the arm of her partner, his grace of Hamilton, most palpably a prix. At that moment two latecomers entered their room and made their way towards their hostess, who appeared delighted to see them, especially the taller of the two, whose hand she slapped with good-humoured raillery. The shorter gentleman wore no mask, and the colonel recognized Frank Fortescue. His eyes traveled to the other, who, unlike most of the men who only held their masks, had fastened his across his eyes, and they widened in surprise. The purple domino, worn carelessly open, revealed black satin encrusted with silver and diamonds. The natural hair was raven-black, the nostrils were pinched and the lips thin. "'The devil!' ejaculated Robert and strolled over to him. Fortescue walked away when he saw who approached, and his grace of Andover turned slowly toward his brother. "'I rather thought you were in Paris,' yawned the Colonel. "'I am always sorry to disillusion you,' bowed his grace. "'Not at all. I am transported with joy at seeing you. As is Lavinia, it appears.' Lady Lavinia, on recognizing his grace, had dropped her partner's hand and fled incontinent towards him. "'You, Tracy," she clasped delighted hands on his arm. "'This is very touching,' sneered Robert. "'It only needs Andrew to complete the happy reunion. Pray excuse me.' "'With pleasure,' replied the Duke gently, and bowed as if to a stranger. "'He grows tedious,' he remarked as soon as the Colonel was out of earshot. "'Oh, Bob! I take no account of him. But, Tracy, how is it you have come today?" I thought—' "'My dear Lavinia, do I wear an air of mystery? I imagined you knew I was promised to Dolly Cavendish tonight. "'Yes, but—oh, what matters it?' "'I am so charmed to see you again, dear.' "'You flatter me, Lavinia. "'And now that you have come, I want to hear why you ever went. "'Tracy, take me into the room behind us. "'I know tis empty.' "'Very well, child, as you will.' He held back the curtain for her, and followed her into the deserted chamber. "'You want to know why I went?' he began, seating himself at her side. "'I counsel you, my dear, to cast your mind back to the spring, at Bath.' "'Your affair, of course. "'So the lady proved unkind?' No, but I bungled it. You! Tell me at once! At once! His grace stretched out his leg and surveyed his shoe-buckle through half-closed lids. I had arranged everything, he said, and all would have been well but for an interfering young jackanapes who chanced along at the track and saw fit to espouse Madame Diana's cause. He paused. He tripped me up by some trick, and then, Que Who was it? How should I know? At first he seemed familiar. At all events he knew me. He may be dead by now. I hope he is. "'Gracious! did you wound him? I managed to fire at him, but he was too quick, and the bullet took him in the shoulder. It may, however, have been mortal. And so you went to Paris?' i to forget her.' "'And have you forgotten?' "'I have not. She is never out of my thoughts. I plan again.' His sister sighed. "'She is then more beautiful than the pompadour?' she asked meaningly. Tracy turned his head. "'The pompadour?' "'Aye, we heard you had contrived to amuse yourself in a pretty fashion, Tracy. Really? I had no idea people were so interested in my affairs, but amuse is an apt word. Ah, you are not then Epir I with that low born coquette. My dear Lavinia She laughed at his haughty tone. You've not always been so nice, Tracy. But what of your Diana? And you are so infatuated you had best wed her. Why, so I think. Lady Lavinia gasped. Tracy, you did not mean it "'Goodness me, but a marriage!' "'Why not, Lavinia?' "'Oh, a respectable married man, forsooth! "'And how long will the passion last?' "'I cannot be expected to foretell that, surely. "'I hope for ever.' "'And you'll tie yourself up for the sake of one chit. "'Lord!' "'I can conceive a worse fate for a man.' "'Can you? "'Well, tell me more. "'Tis monstrous exciting. "'Do you intend to court her?' "'At this stage of the proceedings?' "'That were somewhat tactless, my dear.' I must abduct her, but I must be more careful. Once I have her, I can propitiate papa. Tracy, 'tis tis the maddest scheme I ever heard. What will the others say? Do you really suppose I care? No, I suppose not. Oh, will not Bob be furious, though? It were almost worth while, just for the sake of foiling him. He would so like to succeed me. But I really do not think he must. His elbow was on his knee, his chin in his hand, and a peculiar smile on his lips— "'Can you imagine him stepping into my ducal shoes, Lavinia?' "'Very easily,' she cried. "'Oh, yes, yes, Tracy, Marry the girl.' "'If she will.' "'Why, tis not like you to underrate your persuasive powers.' His grace's thin nostrils wrinkled up in a curious grimace. "'I believe one cannot force a girl to the altar,' he said. "'Unless she is a fool, she'll have you. Her parent would be influenced by my dukedom, but she, no, not even if she knew of it. "'Does she not know?' Certainly not, I'm Mr. Everard. How wise of you, Tracy, So you've not to fear fear he snapped his fingers i the heavy curtain swung noiselessly aside. Richard Carstairs stood in the opening. Tracy turned his head and scrutinized him languidly, then he put up his hand and removed his mask. Is it possible the husband scented an intrigue? It seems I am doomed to disappoint to-night. Lavinia, smarting from her morning's wrong, laughed savagely. "'More probable he mistook me for some one else,' she snapped. Richard bowed, his hand on the curtain. He had shown no surprise at seeing the Duke. "'Far more probable, my dear. I thought you Lady Charwood. Pray give me leave.' He was gone on the word. Tracy replaced his mask, chuckling. "'On a stick grows cold, eh? But what a snub, Lavinia!' Her little hand clenched. "'Oh, how dare he! How dare he insult me so!' My dear sister, in all justice to him, you must admit the boot was rather on the other leg. Oh, I know, I know, but he is so provoking, so jealous, so unreasonable. Jealous? And why? With an impatient twitch at her petticoat she made answer, not looking at him. Oh, I do not know, nor he. Take me back to the ballroom. Certainly, my dear. He rose and let her out. I shall do myself the honour of waiting on you, to-morrow. Yes, how delightful t'will be! Come to dine, Tracy. Richard is promised to the Fortescues. In that case, I have much pleasure in accepting your invitation. In heaven's name, who is this? Lovelace was bearing down upon them. Lavinia! I have been seeking you everywhere. Ah, your servant, sir. He bowed to his grace and took Lavinia's hand. Oh, oh, Harold! You remember Tracy? she said nervously. Tracy? I did not know you masked. I saw you last in Paris. Really? I regret I was not aware of your presence. It is a good many years since I had the honor of seeing you. Five, nodded Lovelace, and sent a smiling, amorous glance at Lavinia. Exactly, bowed his Grace. You have, I perceive, renewed your acquaintance with my sister. When they were gone, he caressed his chin thoughtfully. Lovelace-and Richard is so jealous, so unreasonable. Now, I do hope Lavinia will do nothing indiscreet. Yes, Frank, I was talking to myself-a bad habit. Fortescue, who had come up behind him, took his arm. "'A sign of lunacy, my dear. Jim Cavendish demands you.' "'Does he? May I ask why? He is in the card-room. There is some bet on, I believe. "'In that case I shall have to go. You had best accompany me, Frank.' "'Very well. You have seen Lavinia?' Beneath the mask his grace's eyes narrowed. "'I have seen Lavinia. Also I have seen an old friend, Lovelace by name.' "'The captain with the full-bottomed wig. Your friend, you say?' "'Did I say so? I should correct myself.' A friend of my sister's. Indeed. Yes, I believe I have seen him in her company. Tracy smiled enigmatically. I dare say. And what of you, Tracy? Well, what of me? You told me this morning that you had fallen at last in love. Is it true? You are honestly in love. Honestly? How do I know? I only know that I have felt this passion for four months, and now it is stronger than ever. It sounds like love then, and she is a good woman, I hope she will consent to take you, such as you are, and make of you such as she can. Now, that is very neat, Frank. I congratulate you. Of course she will take me. As to the rest, I think not. Terran ounce, Tracy. Terran ounce, Tracy. But in that is the tone you take with her, she'll have none of you. I have never found it unsuccessful. With your common trollops, no. But if your Diana is a lady, she will dispatch you about your business. Woo her, man!— FORGET YOUR OWN DAMNED IMPORTANCE, FOR I THINK YOU NEED TO HUMBLE YOURSELF TO THE DUST IF ALL THAT YOU TELL ME HAS PASSED BETWEEN YOU IS TRUE. THEY HAD PAUSED OUTSIDE THE CARD-ROOM. A curtain SHUT IT OFF FROM THE BALL-ROOM, AND WITH HIS HAND ON IT, TRACY STARED ARROGANTLY DOWN AT HIS FRIEND. HUMBLE MYSELF! FOR GOD, YOU MUST BE MAD! BE LIKE I AM, BUT I TELL YOU, TRACY, THAT IF YOUR PASSION IS LOVE, TIS A STRANGE ONE THAT PUTS YOURSELF FIRST. I WOULD NOT GIVE THE SNAP OF A FINGER FOR IT you want this girl, not for her happiness, but for your own pleasure. That is not the love I once told you would save you from yourself. When it comes, you will count yourself as not. You will realize your own insignificance, and, above all, be ready to make any sacrifice for her sake. Yes, even to the point of losing her." His grace's lips sneered. "'Your eloquence is marvelous," he remarked. "'I have not been so amused since I left Paris.'" End of chapter 19, part 2 Read by Cybella Denton. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.